Hey, folks. Welcome to We'll See You in Hell. This is actually the second take of our uh, fine and trusty uh, intro that we do here. The first time I tried to sing sing it, I sang the intro, and Pat made me re-record this Guys, whole you, thing. You'll, you, should, you should be thanking me. It was depressing. The singing was obviously bad, but the content was dark, not not funny. Joe sounded uh, mentally ill, <laughs> I would say. It's and seemed, I, I was like, nobody listening to this would keep listening. <laughs> it seemed appropriate to me. I let Joe do his little thing for 30 seconds at the beginning, and it's never good. <laughs> but tonight I had to really step in. What, you have to say what you do need to say in the intro, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to. All right, please do. I just wanted to see if you wanted to cut me down anymore. No, I'm good for now. Before I uh, do my job. Folks, the podcast, as you know, it's part of the Fangoria Podcast Network. Uh, you want some info on this uh, show or the other shows, you go to the website. It's Fangoria.com, and you can find all the past episodes and all that jazz. There, speaking of jazz, this is how I sang it. I went, <laughs> I went, well, welcome to the podcast. Po- we'll oh. see you in hell. Why are you doing it again? I just want them to see what they missed. Now you see what you missed, folks? <laughs> you feeling sad? That you missed that? Pat, how are you? You good? I'm good. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about... Well, don't 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 blow the lid off it yet. Let's do our well, recap I, first. I do think that generally in a podcast you, you would say what you're going to be talking about. I don't All think right. that's crazy. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Go ahead. We're going to be talking about one of our first true comedies. It, you can't even really count it as a horror comedy, even though it's Halloween themed. Um, but it's called Tyler Perry's Boo exclamation point a Medea Halloween yeah I think and the, those three phrases might be in a different order it might be boo a Tyler Perry Medea Halloween it might be Tyler Perry's Halloween colon boo exclamation point Medea style I, I don't know I think in either order the boo is used with a comma as yes. to say boo it's Medea Medea's Halloween boo yeah. Like you're talking to somebody you love. And we will... Look at just the disgust on your face. <laughs> you're we... in a surly mood tonight. What's the matter tonight? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I do, you know, I had to get off an eight-hour day of work, and then it's like, let's go right into being funny, being <laughs> Uncle your, Funny. Your job is to be funny. That's what you do all day yeah, at work. so then when I come home, it's like the gynecologist who doesn't want to eat pussy when he gets home, you know? <laughs> I don't want to keep sprinkling gold when I'm done sprinkling my daily dose of gold at work. Well, you know, I work today, too. But I too. do it. I what? didn't eight-hour it, but I five-houred it. What'd you do? I edited my special today. Okay. With the editor. I mean, not just me. Right. But, you know. Right. Uh, but, you know, that was tedious. Looking at gorgeous shot after gorgeous shot of myself. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not easy, Pat. I, I No, I've seen the special. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we will get to Tyler Perry's boo. There, there's much to say. There, there's so much to say. Oh, yeah. But um, uh, as far as the, the, the weekly recap of what I've seen or the bi-weekly recap, I don't have as much as normal, but I saw The Accountant, the Ben Affleck vehicle. It looks great. It was pretty fun. It's basically a superhero movie without, you know, uh, without the, uh, anyone being a superhero. But it's his, a su- it ha- uh, wait. So be- the accountant is the superhero in a, in the way that Unbreakable uh, was kind of a superhero movie without necessarily being one, or a right. more grounded version of one. This is even less of a superhero movie, but it definitely followed those same structural patterns of a guy. You know, you get his origin story, etc. How I I don't understand how. It seems like people are outraged about every movie and every TV show and every song that comes out. I don't know how more people aren't upset about this movie's portrayal of people with Asperger's <laughs> um, because it is completely insane. He, they basically have Affleck in like a mental institution with a, some other kids who have Asperger's, one of whom is going off the rails like she's in some sort of asylum, like Shutter Island style. Right. There, there are kids with autism. Right. <laughs> And then uh, Affleck's autism basically gives him superpowers, the power needed to be a hitman. 
and he's like an amazing shot because his dad trained him and his brother uh, to like be vi- like violent killing machines to overcome the weakness that was their autism. Okay. It's, it's, it's really nuts. Like, it's a ludicrous movie. And Affleck l- was a kid at the time. They weren't diagnosing autism back then. Exactly. You should bring that mic up just a little higher. It's, it's ludicrous. It gets more ludicrous as it goes. Look at that volume jump. These people at home now are going to have to turn their thing down. So what do you want me to do? No, it's, that's where you, it should have been the whole time. All right. Well, These here poor it is. people had to turn it up the whole way, and now they got to turn it down. It's my my arm is weak from jacking off your dad. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, the account. I I really can't stress enough how how crazy this movie was. Although it seemed very mild in comparison to the film we'll be talking about later in the show. But okay. uh, the account was. It was a lot of fun. I, I think uh, there was a lot of really cool uh, born style action, and it. it had a very dry sense of humor that I liked. It's got Lithgow, J.K. Simmons. Anna Kendrick and a nice little cast in there, you know. It's a, it's a B B plus. Jury's out on this Anna Kendrick for me still. I'm not sold. I think guys are always torn just because she's not traditionally hot. She's extremely likable. If she, I I like her a lot. I think that if uh, she was a little hotter than guys would all love her. I don't think no. That's that's that that's yeah, not what I'm saying. I think it's it. I think that's, that's it. That's not what I'm saying at all. I think she's an attractive woman. It's got yeah. not, if she was hotter, it would be more annoying to me. Okay. I uh, you know what do you think? I want another d- d- fucking Kardashian running around out here. I'm <laughs> saying I just don't see what the what the intrigue is with this girl. It is uh, yeah. It, she's not your traditional uh, star. I assume you didn't see the Pitch Perfect films. No, I missed those, Pat. That's kind of a, uh, you know, that's kind of where she should be at. She's very kind of cute and charming and I funny mean, in those. In this, you know, she was a little out of her element, but I liked her in this too. I think she's likable. I think that them hinting at a romance between her and Affleck was kind of nuts throughout because he's 25 years her senior. She reminds me of my, like a cousin or something. She yeah. looks like your cousin that made it into the movies. I see. It's about her looks, folks. I'm not. It's not about her looks. It's about just her energy. Like there's something about the whole package. She reminds me if a cousin got famous, (laughs) and you couldn't see her different than that. You just go, "That's my cousin, girl next door." Well, got a got a girl next door quality about her. I guess so. I don't know. I think that whole that stupid fucking Billy and Mike need wedding dates or whatever fucking that turd of a movie with i mean it was just four fucking strikes in that and those did you see it no i didn't see it pat joe what are we talking about then i'm just saying yeah i've I've spoken on the show about i thought that was a very solid comedy of course you did of course you did so you're you're also about to defend the movie on today's show so well no i'm going to defend aspects of it i don't think everything has to be uh you know an hour of saying something is garbage i look for good and things sure this is the man that has chastised me for three years because i said i enjoyed tower heist i said i enjoyed (laughs) it i thought it was kind of funny that's all i said three-year crucifixion over that statement you're gonna come in here and you're gonna defend zach and miri need wedding dates Zack and Mary Make a Porno was the very bad Seth Rogen movie. I thought that movie Kevin was funny. Kevin Smith movie. Um, Elizabeth Banks, there's your star. Yeah, because she, she's hotter. Oh, stop it. I'm You're talking trash. about... You talk like trash sometimes. I'm talking about uh, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, which has really good jokes in it. Not a fan of Efron. Sure. Not a fan of Kendrick, as we've established. Right. Not a fan of old fucking Sleepy Eyes. What's her name? The one that ran up on stage during... My friend's girlfriend, so I'm not going to answer that question. It's your friend's girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, now we get to why you like the movie. Oh, oh no, not at all. Oh, Hollywood I Walsh in here. Neither of them listened listen to this. What's uh, her name? Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. And old then Sleepy Eyes, folks. Adam Devine, who... Who is funny. At one point, I thought he was kind of funny. He's funny. He's doing Jack Black. He's doing. That's my point. He's doing Jack Black. That's what I said when we talked about this movie. He, should, he owes Jack Black some of his money, but I think he's funny. You know, I texted that to a friend of ours the other day and didn't realize I was just stealing your opinion. I didn't even realize yeah. that. Well, I mean, it, it's a pretty funny movie. I, well, I in any case, 
it's that 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 sealed. I already had it in for the other three, and then that and then that sealed the the. So the a movie you haven't seen was was one one push over the edge for you on Anna Kendrick. You said, you know what? I didn't see this, but now I really don't like it. It looked like a piece of manufactured trash. Everything it, that comes out is manufactured trash. Well, you either roll with it or you don't. I don't. Mike baby. and Dave has. If you watch it on a plane, you'd really enjoy Mike and Dave. I can almost guarantee it. I don't roll with it, man. I don't right. roll with it, man. I mean, I would certainly never say something was terrible that I hadn't seen or that it broke me on a human being that I hadn't <laughs> seen. But uh, I also saw Hacksaw Ridge, the return to directing from Mr. Mel Gibson, uh, a polarizing figure we've discussed on this show. Mel Gibson very wisely laid low. He stayed behind the camera. He returned to his strength, which is extremely exciting and well-shot battle action. Uh-huh. I think Apocalypto is one of the most underrated action movies of the past 10, 20 years. Sure. 20 probably at this point. Uh, you know, Braveheart, of course, I love. I haven't seen it in ages, but I loved it. This is, like, really good action. Vince Vaughn is great in it, playing the role that Mel probably wanted to play, and they were like, Mel, we're going to put this up for Oscars. How about you stay behind the camera? Uh, I hear the movie is uh, is a masterpiece of uh, of valor, if you will. Yeah, I mean, a masterpiece is a little strong. It's It's got a real corny, rah-rah America streak, uh, as a lot of war movies do. Andrew Garfield is like, there's a guy I've never been huge on. He really won me over in this. Just playing like a guy who wants to go into battle but refuses to use weapons is the gist of the movie. Soft chin on that kid. A real soft chin. He's never done much for me. I liked him in this. And then there's weird questions like, okay, I'm going to go into battle without weapons, but then there's like several scenes of him kicking a grenade back into battle. I'm like, well, then you are using weapons, Andrew. He's minimally, you know, give the guy a break, Pat. But uh, there's some really exciting stuff in it. It's... You know, they're going after the Private Ryan. It's extremely gory, a lot of battle action. I liked it. All right. But not now that's not a superhero film like The Accountant. No, although it could be read that way, too. I mean, a, a guy who wants to not use any weapons, and I'm sure there's some superhero who already has that power. And was there any Asperger's in the, uh, the Hacksaw Ridge film? It could be argued that uh, <laughs> Andrew Garfield was on the spectrum Okay. On that one. Okay. Um, no, it, it was it was a fine film. I, I'll be curious to see if it's raved about and pushed for Oscars, or if they're like begrudgingly admitting that Mel Gibson has made like a really exciting movie. I, I, I'm curious to see what happens with it. Okay, very good. Um, I didn't think it was a masterpiece by any means. I'd give it a B plus, perhaps, but I liked it. Okay. Um, and other than that, I watched uh, the Thirteenth, the Netflix documentary on uh, race relations which I think has also been a bit overhyped. It's by the lady that made Selma, which I also felt was a bit overhyped mm. because it's, you know, I guess maybe I'm just well-informed, but nothing in it was surprising to me, perhaps. It's about how our prison systems are fucked up. And this is often how you'll talk about a film that was directed by a woman. <laughs> you'll make these kinds of statements. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, look, it's a good thing you didn't offend Aubrey Plaza. Uh <laughs> No, but, I, but took a shot at the Martin Luther King biopic. I've met Aubrey Plaza, <laughs> and, I, and uh, I get very uncomfortable whenever I talk to her because she she's not she doesn't she's not one to make you feel at ease. It's the sleepy eyes, uh, you know. But she, you know, she's fine. I, I raved about her movie that's coming out soon. Ingrid goes west. I met her years ago doing comedy. She was very nice. I certainly didn't fucking rave about Dirty Grandpa starring Aubrey Plaza and your boy but, Zac Efron once again. Yeah, but between those two films, between the dregs of Dirty Grandpa and the what I think is a truly excellent movie, Ingrid Goes West, lies Mike and Dave, which there used to be these kind of average sex comedies, raunchy comedies. They'd come out one a week. Now we get one every season, maybe. There aren't comedies made anymore. So when one comes out, I go to it kind of like, all right, I'd like to laugh. What do you mean there aren't comedies? There's comedies constantly. They don't come out. When, when do they come to the theater? We just last week, we talked about keeping up with the Joneses. We talked uh, see, about... I mean, that, that movie almost didn't get released. But my point is, is they are being made. They're just not very good. Yeah, but outside of a Kevin Hart, and then that's obviously a very weird, out, like, where did that come from 
because that I didn't even know that movie was being made. That the, the concert movie where he's in front of like sixty. Oh no 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 people? no! I, I get the concert movie. I'm talking about keeping up with the Californacuses with John Hart's Hamm not in that whatever. though, right? No no no. I'm saying that's a that's a fluke. Like I don't know where that movie came from or how it even got made. Well, that other movie came out too. What was it called? Uh, Masterminds. Yeah, Masterminds was bad. Kind of came and went. I discussed that here. I'm starting to wonder if you listen to anything I say on the show. I saw Masterminds. And we I know you did, it. and I remember you discussing it here and saying it was bad. It was bad. All right, so there, there are, are maybe more comedies than I'm com- saying. Yeah, they make comedies. I guess I'm saying they, they don't make any money, and they're, they're just like uh, almost too bad to even be worth discussing. Well, which, you know, I, I'm not going to keep stumping for Mike and Dave. It's not that good, but it was funny. All right. Um, listen. I want to. Can I go over what I saw, or did you see even more than this stuff? I think that's it. I think that's it. The Thirteenth is a, is a really good documentary. It just wasn't breaking any new ground for me. Uh, I have one classic and one new thing. I finally saw a fistful of dollars. I've never seen any of the spaghetti westerns by Clint East, with Clint Eastwood by mm-hmm. Sergio Leone. Uh, I saw it finally. I enjoyed it. I look forward to watching the other two in that trilogy. I mean, the best by far is Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. That's the third one. Yeah. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing it. Uh, By far, that's the best. Yeah. But, you know, it was fun. Uh, sure. And uh, the thing I'm very excited about, and because this, this is a tone or, or an opinion change for me on the pod, I returned to the Exorcist TV series. Now, I believe we initially discussed it when it first came out briefly. You had not seen it, and I, I still have not seen it. Well, I talked to you at one point after I saw the first episode, and I was a bit lukewarm. I said I didn't really know if I was feeling it or not. Uh, Episode 5 just premiered, uh, and it's got a twist at the end that took it into a whole new new stratosphere uh, of a TV show. Uh, I can spoil it, Pat, unless you don't want to hear it. Go for it. Well, maybe our listeners don't want. I don't well, know. that's why you say spoiler alert, and then you plug your ears. All right. It's all over the internet too, by the all way. All right. All right. So this is—I'm going to spoil what happens. But you know, you're kind of watching the first four episodes of the show, and you're like, "Well, this is interesting." And there's a possessed girl, and there's priests and demons, and there's going to be an exorcism, and blah blah blah. But you kind of start getting the idea, like, well. It's clearly just called The Exorcist so people would watch it. Okay. Because if it was called The Possessed Girl, people would just be like, who cares? Right. Uh, Gina Davis plays the mom. She is very, very pro-exorcism through the entire movie or through the entire first four episodes. She is desperately, desperately, you know, pleading with doctors, police, everybody. This has to be done. Everybody thinks she's crazy. Typical stuff with this kind of story. Uh, In the last episode I saw, which was five, here comes the spoiler. The possessed girl whispers something to her father. The father immediately becomes infuriated with his wife, Gina Davis, and keeps throughout the episode saying, you got something you need to tell me, and you don't know what it is. Uh, He finds some weird things around the house about her past, uh, or that are hinting at her past, but it's all very vague. Finally, she goes to see the priest at the end of the episode. Father, I have to confess something. She starts talking about her past. She's like, my parents split up when I was young. My mother carted me around because of her job from city to city. Something happened to me when I lived in D.C. as a young girl. She reveals she's Reagan McNeil from The Exorcist. She's the girl from The Exorcist, grown up. Uh, and she has changed her name because of all the publicity she got after the incident happened okay. and how her mom tried to make a basically make a buck off of her with a book and stuff like that. She ran away, changed her name, took up a new identity. See, I bet they came up with that after the pilot stage because that would seem to be a, your classic end of the pilot reveal. I don't know. So maybe they were like, wait, what if she's this? But you, you'd think that should be in the pilot, but maybe I'm crazy. No, it was worth them sitting on it. All right. Because it was a pretty mind-blowing twist. And then also the demon keeps saying to the girl, he, her daughter, Yeah, he keeps saying, bring her to me. And you don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Right. So here's this demon who's hell-bent on the fact that the mom got away. And who is Alan Ruck, Cameron Fry the from dad. Ferris Bueller? Okay. 
He's the dad. Is he good in it? I he love talks in the uh, voice he does in Ferris Bueller the whole time when <laughs> the he does the prank call. Principal's voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. He's great in it. He plays a guy that had a scaffolding accident. Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. <laughs> it's very cowardly lion. Yeah. Almost right. Yeah. Uh, the, he's the dad. He had a scaffolding accident on the job, uh, so his brain is damaged, and he has good days and bad. G- it's almost like he's got a like a dementia or something like that. Okay. Uh, well, he himself, they found him like knocking on doors in his neighborhood. He had some weird brain disorder, and was like wandering the streets, looking all fucked up. Cause in real life, not five, ten years he's ago. Okay now. I mean, apparently they felt comfortable casting him on the Exorcist TV show. Jesus, that's terrible. Yeah. Guy's a hell of an actor. Well, now he's back. He's fine. Well, that's good. I'm glad he's back, and I'm glad he's fine. And uh, it's a show worth uh, checking out. You know, it's going to... Look, it's it's a it's a TV exorcism show. It's it, There's going to be some cliche stuff in it. The I don't think any of it's necessarily going to scare you, but uh, but it's an enjoyable story. And now that it's this direct sequel to the original movie that that's pretty interesting now things yeah, just got much more interesting uh well let's get to the matter at hand joe I, well that's the second thing that's the third thing i saw yes which you also saw yes and we need to Get a few things out of the way. Was this, for you, your first Tyler Perry movie? No. No? What else have you seen? Because I haven't seen any of them. I saw Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Now, which... now, what? How, how did you wind up watching Diary of a Mad Black Woman? Because I see everything, and you really don't. Uh, well, because it, when it came out, it, it had all this hype around it. And I was like, what, what, is, what is this movie? Who is this guy? Yeah. Let me check this out. And I watched it, and I, I remember not thinking it was very good. I think uh-huh. Medea's in that somewhere. Yeah, well, what's really... I have never seen a Medea movie until now. What blows my mind is that sometimes he does serious dramas, like in, including plot points such as babies being raped. Right. And Medea's in the movie. Yeah. Like, that. that is mind-blowing to me. Yeah, it, it's, it's Medea... You know, she's ranging anywhere from a Cohen or, or from a Farrelly Brothers character, yeah, to a Spike Lee character. Yeah, I mean, it's a wide range there. He's shift shuffling her around in. I so I, I but I saw some other ones too. I oh, saw Medea wow. goes to jail. Okay, I've heard Christmas is kind of the one to beat. That's the one I do want to see next. I saw, uh, and the fact that I'm saying next obviously tells you, folks. At least I found something worthwhile about Boo. <laughs> I watched many episodes of House of Pain. Okay. Uh, and Meet meet the Browns. Well, yeah, I mean, I saw a clip of that Tyler Perry sitcom, the one he makes like 100 episodes a year of. They The people were bumping into the cardboard sets, and the set would be wobbling throughout the scene. Now I These things say, were like maybe, you know, first take at best. I will say this outright uh, at the top of this portion of the discussion. I do not. I'm not a fan of Tyler Perry. Uh, I, I think that he's a good actor. Did you like him in Gone Girl? That that's the only Tyler yeah, Perry I've he, seen. Yeah, I think he like when I see him play straight roles like like that. Not straight, not meaning straight man, just straight, right. dry drama stuff, whatever. I liked him in Gone I, Girl while also thinking somebody could have brought a lot more to it. I thought I thought I like. Look, I liked him a lot in uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Out of the Shadows, which was a terrible movie. <laughs> okay, uh, what was he playing in that? He's Baxter Stockman, who eventually turns into a mutant fly. Right. Oh, in the you don't have to tell me about Baxter Stockman. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well, maybe I thought you would have seen the movie if you needed to ask. That. Oh no, no, no. I'll I won't see any of those. But but I, it was a terrible movie. But I he was he was good in it. He was enjoyable. Uh, uh, so it's not him as a performer. I just don't think his movies and TV shows are good. They they are ju- like by definition bad. I mean, they're everything I've ever seen about them, and now this movie, of course. And I want to make that real clear before we get into this. Tyler Perry's Boo, a Medea Halloween. Is without question a bad movie. Look, but I found it bad in a fascinating sort of Ed Wood way, and I found myself laughing a lot 
at it, but also with it, at some of the jokes. And I was very surprised by that. Now, because I think that Medea is funny, which I was blown away by. I'm like, you know what? Medea's funny. But even more funny was, bam, Medea's sidekick, the old woman. I'd like to get to that. but before, Who wears a mask and then glasses over the mask, which I laughed every time I saw that. Before we do, before we get to that, hold on. We, we should, we should t- t- to give the synopsis of the film, which we are trying to be better and in the habit of uh, doing. Uh, and the synopsis of this film is, I have no fucking idea. That's where I think this discussion needs to start. Uh, I walked out of the film 45 minutes in. I hung in there as long as I yeah, could. I don't appreciate that, by the way. Well, you, yeah, you seemed annoyed, and you're we, sitting. We here, had an assignment. You're sitting here now, saying, you know, is you, this the first one you've walked out on, or did you walk? You walked out on another one too. No, this is the first one I walked okay. out on. It All was right. bad. Um, it was bad. I couldn't. I, dude, I was 45 minutes in. We had gotten through three scenes. I saw three th- scenes in 45 minutes. These scenes were just going on and on. I saw it with our mutual friend Scotty. Uh. I turned to him halfway through the second scene. I go, this scene j- definitely just went over the 10-minute mark. And he was like, holy shit, you're absolutely right. That This is the longest scene I've ever seen in a motion picture. Yeah. And they're improving. Why does it smell terrible in your house? It doesn't smell terrible in here. There's an egg smell that comes and goes. It's only tonight. I'm what not saying your, your place stinks. What's that? <laughs> I'm saying right now it stinks. Pat, nothing in this place has changed except you. So maybe the smell is coming from you. No, it is Maybe isn't. you're the smell. I'm not the smell. And Joe's home doesn't normally smell, folks, which I think is why. We have a b- beautiful palatial apartment here. And so there's an egg smell. There's not an egg smell. All right. I don't smell anything. All right, folks. Uh, I... Could not believe how long, especially as Joe is, Joe is correct, the, like the second and third scenes back to back are about 15 minutes long. And these are the clumps style scenes. But now when the when the Nutty Professor table scene ends, you're like gasping for breath because it's so fucking funny. There's 8000 jokes packed into like that five minute scene and you desperately want it to be longer. These scenes are improv so loosely that I guess Tyler Perry must go in with like a Curb Your Enthusiasm style outline. But the scene will start. They recap what took place in the previous scene, like you're watching a, a multicam sitcom. Right. Then the improv starts up, and it's going, going. Then Tyler Perry, I guess, in the editing is like, wait, it's been 10 minutes. People probably don't remember what's happening in the movie. Then they'll restate with no jokes what's going on in the movie, even though, of course, you didn't forget it. Then more improv... And they keep getting so far away from the plot that then they'll insert the characters just t- it telling you what's happening again and again and again to allow these extended riffs that I, are often I, disturbing. And I guarantee you, on a Tyler Perry set, there is a term they invented for that. Oh, sure. Tyler, we need a, we need a, 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 plotty, a plotty in here. You know, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Well, and there and is it, no plot. So by the time... I, I'm certainly not going to worry about spoilers for this fucking movie, but I thought in the trailer I was going to go see Ernest Scared Stupid, where you see a beloved comedy character, your Ernest, fighting off with ghouls and goblins. And when I was a kid, at least, I thought Ernest Scared Stupid was scary and funny. Tyler Perry's boo, and I think this is probably after the 45-minute mark, there's like a demonic clown that shows up, and you, you you were out by I that saw point. no that that the, the clown comes and it's her neighbor or something dressed up and yeah I saw yeah, that part it's these frat guys that are pissed at Medea and they're dressing at clowns to like fuck with her uh, and then she decides to fuck with them and at the beginning they steal the whole summer school bit of a character going well you know I actually dabble in horror makeup to like make people and you're like yeah well clearly that's coming back later yeah, um, the, which uh, they stole from summer school. The plot of the movie basically is her granddaughter. I think it's her granddaughter, but it's confusing because the main girl 
She's way too hot. The, well, we'll get to that in a second. And, the main and girl, Tyler Perry puts her in these cleavage clothes. Well, that, hold on. Hold she's on. supposed to be 17. I was conflicted the entire let's, time. Let's set this up. Hold on a second. The main girl, this girl that Pat is referring to, vaguely, creepily. She's unbelievably She is the the main character. Her dad is Tyler Perry as as a man, a character. Yeah, Tyler uh, Perry was convincing then, in every role except as... Tyler Perry, the normal man. <laughs> I didn't buy him in that role at all. But then Tyler Perry also plays his dad and Medea, the dad's dad and Medea. So he's the grand dad who coldly drops the N word in one scene like six times. Does which, that? Who cares? I was fascinated by it. It's I, a black guy saying it. Who cares? But I'm not saying I cared or was bothered by him saying the N word. I'm saying. In the context of this movie, people in the theater where that I was in were yeah. offended, and I was like. Why are white people getting offended at a black person using the no. N-word in a comical way? Well, like, I think I, it must have been PG-13. Yeah, but that's... But, and, I, and I know you can say it. You just don't hear it in movies a lot. And I was shocked at this movie with this light improv. And when, they, when that comes into the scene, it, it was a little crazy to me, although I wasn't offended by it at all. It's not like you don't hear that term listening to any rap album or, or any rap or, album yeah of course tons of black stand-up comedians you say it all the time of course i just mean with tyler perry while dressed as an old man saying this word to incite a reaction from tyler perry the the man it was a crazy scene and this was in the middle of a 15 minute scene where you've already forgotten kind of what's going on in the movie i thought that was i thought that was one of the only well-written segments I saw in the whole movie because yeah. I thought this is an interesting commentary that the old man thinks it's okay to say this. Yeah. The younger man, both played by Tyler Perry, is offended and they're arguing and the old man is is getting getting his goat by saying it. Now, here's the but thing. But now they don't go into anything interesting with it where, like, the old man might say, you know, I grew up having to hear that word thrown in my face. So now if I want to well, use it, this they is, don't tackle any of those issues. This is the point I keep trying to get at. Yeah. You're really barreling tonight, though, man. You're wound up about this movie. Are you all right? <laughs> Are you I all right? It was supposed to be a spirited discussion. It's a spirited discussion. Now, I want to get back to the fact that I, for seven minutes, I've been trying to say this. I don't know who Medea is because Tyler <laughs> Perry calls the old man he plays dad, who is married to Medea, but then he calls Medea Medea. He doesn't call her mom. Now, take it back real quick. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry's mom is Medea. I don't know because okay. he calls her Medea. So but now, she's married to the character he plays, who he calls dad. See, now, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think that Tyler Perry's dad is married to the horrifically offensive Asian character. Oh. 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 Because he kept talking about fucking her. If he's not but married he was, to her. Wasn't he talking about fucking Medea and, like, getting? I used to get up in that ass like that and all that shit? I don't know in the Medea-verse where this all falls. I thought he was married to the Asian woman. Who, by the way, and I did not look it up, but if that woman is not Asian, holy shit. What? The 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 woman with the voice and the No, what the, do you mean holy shit though? If that if the if the actress playing that woman is not Asian, that is one of the wildest things I've seen in a movie in, in depth. Oh, you mean it's like it would be the most like one of the most like racist. Mickey things. Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah. Yeah. Well that, there is a woman who's who's going beyond like Mrs. Swan on uh Mad TV. That this brings she's got like the, the the coke bottle glasses and she's like oh, oh. this brings Crazy me to my next shit my next point she twerks yeah this brings me to my next point the movie and this is despite of what I just said a minute ago uh, when I say I don't have a problem if black people use the n word yeah the movie is arguably one of the most racist films I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I, towards whites, towards it, blacks. It was not. It does not paint anybody in a nice light at all. I mean, some of the jokes where it's like, I see white people and they all scream. Which was stolen the, from scary movie. The idea of white people. Yeah, it felt more a scary movie. It, no, and it's in scary it, movie. I was like, that's because it was in scary yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I'd love to have seen a screenplay for this because even though the man writes plays and all this shit, this felt like a movie that had about, 10 sentences on a on a legal pad that Tyler Perry wrote while taking a shit and they were like let's just see what happens 
because from a storytelling standpoint, I was blown away. It was the number one movie at the box office this weekend. God uh, beating like Jack Reacher, which probably had a budget of $100 million. God I heard bless. it was bad. I heard the sequel was bad. I like the original Jack Reacher. But people are obviously responding to this, and you can say it's because there aren't a lot of movies targeted towards African Americans, and that's true. But I went in expecting to be like, oh, man, why would anyone like this? Much like like a Larry the Cable Guy type situation uh, where you're like, oh, God. And I found myself surprised at – I guess at how surprised I was by it. I was surprised at how it was bad in ways that I was just not expecting. And it had something that compelled me, obviously, to stay till the end and not you – but I was sort of hypnotized by it from start to finish. I almost walked out twice. The second time I did walk out. Yeah. The first time was during that trick-or-treat scene at the beginning. I mean, it was going a hot 10 minutes. I didn't know what the hell was happening. And then I genuinely thought it was really funny when she was calling that fat kid Biggie. I found that very funny. And I was like, okay, okay, that they got scene, me. They, they were being so mean to that kid <laughs> i worried about that kid in real life but medea and it, to my mind the funniest character in the movie bam medea's friend who i thought should have been played by cedric the entertainer <laughs> you agree. got tyler perry there in a dress put cedric in a dress that would have been truly hilarious but it would I have been fantastic now they also got bella thorne in there who is a pretty big star with the young kids looking insanely hot as well that's the daughter character no uh, the the daughter is Tyler Perry's daughter. Bella Thorne is the blonde chick who was like kind of that girl's a big star. She had eight not funny lines in this movie. Well, now here's the thing. She was. I, let's get back to the high school kids. I worry about. The, I'm thinking about Tyler Perry directing some of this shit, like that girl twerking and these long lingering close-ups of her ass. I guess maybe I'm just getting older. And you know, when you watch a party movie, of course they're all probably directed by some 50 year old dude. But there was some weird... The way he had his daughter dressed in this movie... Is that his daughter in real life? No, no, no. Absolutely oh. not. Well, now, but that's that's my point to when I said earlier, I don't think... You know, I don't, I don't think the guy makes good movies. No, They're not, not consistent. You got this dad who is... The whole thing is he's supposed to be overprotective and worried about his daughter and everything. And then... She's walking around like this low-cut blouse. Her yeah. skirt was barely cut. And it's like, dude... You let your daughter dress like that. You let your daughter dress like that. That's none of my business. But if you're going to write a character of a dad who's overprotective and, and he doesn't see that, yeah. he doesn't get that part. You know, so uh, it was it was it, it was a little distracting how sexualized the girls that were supposed to be 17 were. It was very distracting. Uh, and, you know, this I'm is, looking now. I'm trying to figure out who was related to who. And let me say this, folks. But at the this end, is as pat as my witness. This is the first podcast I've ever come into with notes. Yeah, no, I was I, feverishly I have, typing notes in the theater. I have questions, and I'm trying to figure out who was related to who in the movie. But I'm wondering if it's not things aren't connected to the rest of the Perry universe. Because I'm watching this thing, and with like two minutes to go in the movie, the daughter is mad at Tyler Perry, and he's like, you know your mom cheated on me. And they drop this huge bombshell about how his mom, his wife cheated on him. So I'm like, well, that wasn't in the movie. They didn't allude to it. Where is this coming from? I hop on Wikipedia and find out that's a, a holdover from like Meet the Browns or something. Like it's Tyler Perry was playing a character he's played in other movies. It's not. It's not a good. But some just, of his movies don't tie into the other ones. You uh, don't know which ones do and which don't. Jokes aside, uh, or humor level, or or whatever aside, it's not a good movie. It's just not well constructed. The the these messages, like you're saying, are suddenly shoehorned in, and you're. I mean. You're sitting there. I was reading reviews before I went to see it that were saying, like, you know, the movie's not great, but but Perry's heart and his message come from a good place. And it's like, message? The yeah. fucking movie is called Boo a Medea Halloween. Yeah. Why is there a message? This should just be jokes. This should just be a comedy. There should be no... But, they, but in all of them, that's what happened. Medea goes to jail has, like, deathly serious parts. I think that's the one where he has Rudy from The Cosby Show as the prostitute. Yeah. You yep. know, like it's 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 weird. It's just I, I don't understand it. That living room scene, which was the scene right after, right, right before I walked out, where they're all in the. We already talked about it a little bit. Yeah. That scene was easily twenty minutes long. Yeah, for sure. Easily, 
Easily. For sure. And as you're saying, as you say, and so you're sitting there and I'm sitting there, I'm going, okay, we're approaching 45 minutes. The plot hasn't started yet. Yep. The whole thing is, and by the way, the plot is just house party. It's a ripoff of house party. The daughter wants to sneak out of the house yep. to go to a party. Her dad doesn't want to let her. The party's down the street. How's she going to pull this off? And you're, you're 20 minutes into the film. The, I mean, 45 minutes in the film. The daughter hasn't even attempted to sneak out yet. The, 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 the grandparents have just barely arrived. To uh, to watch her all night, so it's pretty. Uh, by the way, it, this movie made House Party Three look like a Scorsese film. I did not see see House Party Three. I saw all the House Parties. I love the first one, and they they get pretty bad after that. Three being worse than two, except but, for the Bernie Mac scenes. But uh, Patrice Lovely has only acted in Tyler Perry movies. She played the Asian lady. But I'm looking now, and she's African-American. So he had a black lady playing the Asian lady. In, like, Asian face. This oh just boy. gets weirder and weirder. <laughs> and she's she's only acted in his films. Well, now wait. Now they are saying maybe she's... No, she's black. Oh, boy. This is, this is hitting it from all kinds of angles right now. And the woman who plays the, the, the old lady, Bam who I thought stole the show, is only 52 years old. That's impossible. And she looks like, you know, kind of like an, an attractive, you know, normal-looking woman. So they make her up to look like Bam. She's also in some sort of elaborate disguise. It's not just an old woman. Wait, the lady that sits on the lawn and steals the candy, that lady? Yeah, exactly. I thought that scene was really funny. She's 52. That scene felt to me like like something out of like a Friday outtake that went on too long. How dare you? How Look, dare you? This movie's nowhere near Friday. But I was like, I, I liked I liked those scenes. They they had a certain appeal to me because they're almost experimental. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, look, Pat, you know, I, I could shit in my hand as an experiment. It doesn't, you know, experimental sure. doesn't give it credit. It, 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 it They weren't hitting the mark. Yeah. They weren't hitting the mark. It was it was it was just people just talking with like, no, it wasn't driving the plot. It wasn't funny. There well, wasn't now, any depth to the dialogue. Wikipedia, and then, like, as you're saying, every place where they could have gone into an issue, like your mother did this to me, or my daughter is, I'm overly protective of her, or these boys are a bad influence, or whatever, all of that was glazed over, and in place of it was 10-minute stretches of Medea just talking. Yeah. With no jokes in it. It it's just it doesn't make any sense to me. The... Uh, when I when I did I saw the movie with our dear friend Vince Averill and uh, when we walked out of the film, I texted Pat immediately and I said I walked out I couldn't do it. Right. Pat reacted. I think his text was I laughed plenty. Bit of surprise that I had walked out. I told Vince that Vince's exact words were Wash watch that whole movie. He's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Those were his exact. Well, words. he wasn't. He didn't have to watch it for a podcast. You're right because it's truly. W- the, the integrity of this discussion is, has suffered that I only saw half of the movie. Yes, it probably agree. only went another 20 minutes. Now, how about the, the, the head frat guy who, as far as I could tell, was in his late 40s? Yeah. All those frat guys looked older than the situation. And then, but then again, confusingly, I'm sitting there thinking these guys all look so fucking old. And then Tyler Perry tells them they all look 60. As Medea, and I'm like, so are you in on this joke? Because you cast them. Now, what happens at the Crazy. end? Tell me the end. What, what's the climax? Th- does she ever get to the party, or do the kids just try to terrorize Medea? Like, what happens? What happens is she gets back at them. I mean, at first, the clowns are chasing her in a scene where she goes, she goes, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, at, while she's running, and that old lady's running with her, and they run. Again, for 10 minutes with her saying, help me, Jesus, over and over until almost like a Family Guy style bit, the laughs stop. And then little by little, they come back because you're like, does he know this is funny that he's saying that saying, help me, Jesus, 500 times? Uh, does he know that that's funny or is he just killing time? Right. You don't know. Right. And I, obviously, he's a smart man, but it, it was a, a different kind of comedy that is not Tyler Perry's comedy where it's like. He's trying our patience. I don't find I don't I find frequently that smart does not make funny. 
Well, no, of course. Uh, you know, Einstein would have made terrible comedies. Yeah. I can uh, guarantee no, you that. But I don't know what his intention was. I also can't quite... I mean, uh, the Tyga comes in at one point, the rapper, lip syncs a song so badly. He's got the microphone completely covering his face to show how bad he's lip syncing. There's, so that there's that performance, like, trying to get the youth in. At the end... Medea gets back at the frat guys and like tries but to. Does she, the girl ever get to the party? She gets to the party, and then Medea goes in. Let me guess, Robin Harris style, like at the end of uh, House Party, right? Yeah, or like you know, or Uncle Buck style is another way to look at it. And well, it, I, the plot's identical to House Party. That's why I say that. Okay, and yeah, tries to you know scare them off by pretending that a girl is dead. They they slit her throat. The girl who knows a lot about makeup to to get back at these frat guys who you never really believe as villains anyway because they don't really care. Like it's not like they they're really mad at Medea. They're just kind of having a little fun. So it winds up being like an elaborate prank war, like on Cheers, between the rival bar. So then the way, then the way that Medea finally makes her point about being protective of her pseudo granddaughter because of the violence in the world, particularly towards women, is staging an elaborate death scene of a woman. Yeah. Yes. It's very confusing to me. Now, I can't even find confirmation, Joe, that that lady was supposed to be Asian. No one is describing her as Asian. Am I crazy, or did you also assume she was an offensive Asian stereotype? I thought so. There, no one's listing her as Asian. I think she's just supposed to be a black woman. She's played by a black woman. But she talks with an she Asian accent, doesn't in she? A horrific Asian accent, folks. Well, maybe she's part Asian. I don't know. What the hell do I know? I I mean, I obviously if you're still listening here, folks, I really can't stress enough. We can't stress enough how insane this movie was. <laughs> well, I texted you cuz we had to see it separately because I was away. Yeah. And then when I came back, you were tied up with family. But when I got back and I was making a plan to go see it, I texted Pat and I said, did you see the movie? And you said, oh, yeah, just a wild ride was your yeah. response. That's I, I stand by that review. And what was Scotty? Uh, what was his take on it in the, in the end? Scotty felt the same as I did. He had seen a couple of the movies as well. And he was like, that was a great intro. It was completely insane. But we both kind of laughed. You know, some making fun of it, some not. Would you see another Tyler Perry movie? Yeah, I, w- I want to see Christmas. Um, because it's a Christmas movie? or Yeah. No, well, yeah, and, and because I've heard it's the funniest one. But what, what, I, what I am leaving out of the, of the finale here is they find the girl with her, with her throat slit. The guys all freak out. They arrest the frat brothers put them on a bus along with Tyler Perry's daughter and her friends. Then a riot breaks out because there's actual prisoners on the bus. So there's like this giant scene of like a prisoners on a bus beating the shit out of each other while all these kids watch. Tyler Perry's kids, the frat brothers. And then they cut to Medea being like, I got taught him a lesson. Like It was like a scared straight type deal. But none of it is motivated earlier in the plot. None of it really makes sense or holds together. And were the frat guys at any point like bad guys? I remember them being stupid. Oh, yeah. They, they're all really stupid. But then, so now, were they, they lecherous? The actual, the actual Tyler Perry character, Medea's like, oh, good. So these are just uh, fake policemen you called in, right? Thank God. And Tyler Perry goes, no, these are friends of mine. These are actual policemen. Medea goes, they are, and runs away because she's. Tyler Perry constantly refers to the three older characters about how they all have warrants out for their arrest. <laughs> That's a running gag in the movie. So at the end, when Medea finds out that they're police officers, she runs away. Like they're going to arrest her. Now, here's the thing. Why, do, why does no character ever say, I'm looking out for you because I have a warrant and I don't want you to make the mistakes I made? Why doesn't the character just ever say that? Because I don't think the Tyler Perry character made any mistakes. He just got cheated on by his wife, no, which is but awkwardly the, but slipped. But any in. of the other people looking after the child? No, that's my point. It's, it's these these glaring opportunities to make 
an organic point and they don't make any of it. And then he waits till the last five minutes to go, you know, your mother cheated on me, which what the hell does that have to do with the daughter going to a party? Um, I don't even remember how they tied that in, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe it's a trust argument, I guess. You don't trust me. And then he says, well, I have bad trust issues because your mom cheated on me. Maybe that would be it. That would make sense. They're going to throw her out of the house. Because, by the way, in that scene that I know you stayed and watched, that scene is basically 15 minutes of the older people trying to convince Tyler Perry to beat his daughter. Yes. Then... Tyler Perry's dad, also played by Tyler Perry, is like, well, it worked for you. I threw you off the roof of a house. Right. You had a pencil in your pocket, and it took off one of your testicles. Right. Then they all laugh and make fun of Tyler Perry, who wrote this movie, (laughs) for only having one testicle. Then in my Wikipedia-ing, I found out that on Meet the Browns or one of these other things, Tyler Perry has a whole subplot where a different character is missing a ball. He Look, just goes back to his same bag it's, of tricks. It's, in my opinion, it's writing uh, 101 when it comes to comedy. You don't sacrifice content or substance for the sake of a joke, and the movie really suffers from a slew of jokes that undercut every character executing them, which is why it doesn't really work. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame. I, I, I went in wanting it to be funny. Admittedly got few drinks in half a weed gummy or so in i was you know i was i was loose i was ready to have some fun yeah and uh it was uh see i can't believe you know dr- drunk and high you, you didn't have any fun with this movie i don't i, I almost My, can't believe it. I but you left so you must have really hated it listen here's the thing it's not it's not i don't have a I, my irony barometer is or what am i trying i don't have a high threshold for irony so it's like yeah It's not enough for me to sit there and go, well, I laughed twice in 45 minutes and this is weird, so I'm just going to stick it out. It's like, I don't, I'm not enjoying this. It's like not a good movie. It's, it's, I'm a little confused as to why it's constructed in the way it is. And uh, I'm just bored now. Yeah. And I felt that 45 minutes in, I had gotten the gist of. You you got the gist. (laughs) The film. Uh, all right, Patty, that's that's Boo and Medea Halloween. Let's go on to our new segment, uh, which I don't even know if we named it yet. But, you know, this is basically where we read a really funny review. Uh, we each read a really funny review of a movie uh, from Rotten Tomatoes, from one of Rotten Tomatoes' top critics. Uh, I chose to read a, re- a review of this film. Uh, this comes from uh, Owen, Owen Gleiberman. Of, at Variety. Well, I used to be at Entertainment Weekly. Uh, it's another of Perry's raucous and slovenly comedies, which I thought the word slovenly was very funny there. Comedies of responsibility, which means that its heart is in a very old and right place. If only the message that was this solid equaled solid laughs. Now, I read this one for two reasons. Number one, I just thought the word slovenly was funny, as I already said. Sure. Number two... If only a message that was this solid, what fucking message is this guy talking about? Yeah. The only message I could piece together is at at best, at best, uh, uh, half cocked and at worst sexist. I, 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 I don't see I don't I don't see what message this guy's talking about. There, there, no, there was no message. I mean, that what? What I what I was just kind of recalling is that the whole cheating on the wife thing that comes in, which feels like the end of Full House, like the the violins kick in and everything, is they're basically calling out Tyler Perry for being too much of a pushover, because I guess he didn't beat the shit out of his wife who cheated on him. But they're all trying to egg him on, and you could sort of take a theme away that parents need to be more abusive with their children. <laughs> That may have been the theme of the movie. Uh, in any case, uh, Patty, you got anything to plug? Oh, wait, you got to read your review. I'm sorry. The, I what I'm getting here is on RogerEbert.com, uh, which is now obviously not run by Roger Ebert. But I just found this interesting, that the idea started as a joke in Chris Rock's movie Top 5, which is a movie I liked a lot, where he talks about the latest Tyler Perry movie having Medea fighting ghosts. Right. It was a joke in Top 5. 
Tyler Perry says, despite the mockery, he loved the concept and shot this movie in six days. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Shot a feature film in six days. One of the most, and this is why the guy has a giant compound in Atlanta, because he makes movies real fucking cheap, real fucking quick, and turns a huge fucking profit. Because I guarantee that Galifianakis John Hamm vehicle, terrible. I bet it cost sixty million dollars to make, and this yeah. weekend it made five million. I guarantee Boo cost five million, and this weekend it made thirty million. Right. That to me is very smart. And I don't think that the people going to Tyler, Tyler Perry's boo want any more out of it. And I think that's why he doesn't necessarily push himself. Uh, and I have to admit, maybe because of just like the weird rhythms it came up with by being a movie that is trying so little, that it held my interest in a way that maybe like a David Lynch movie would. You know, where you're just kind of watching it like, what am I watching? Now, David Lynch makes fucking amazing masterpieces. Well, sometimes, but sometimes. But Lynch also has ones I'd walk out of, too. Sure. I I just don't want to deal with the horse shit. Anytime something gets too self-indulgent, it's like, fuck off, man. This isn't what I'm here for. Yeah. And, Uh, you know, what, what would really blow me away is to find out that these movies are not improvised. Because I don't know if they are or not. They've got to be scripted. I mean, he's playing every character. It's like, you know, it would be an impossible thing to improvise. And it it really makes you go back and appreciate, and I'm I'm not saying it because both men are black, but, like, when Eddie Murphy plays all those characters in the clumps, they're all... I I will say Tyler Perry was good at differentiating the characters and good in those characters. He's he's not a bad actor. He's just not a good filmmaker. No, well, of course not. But Eddie Murphy... Uh, as Eddie Murphy in The Night Professor is fucking hilarious, both as Sherman Klump and Buddy Love and all the other characters. Uh, Tyler Perry by himself is such a boring screen presence, and he clearly is having so much more fun doing the other shit. You wonder why he wouldn't just play those other parts. I don't know. I don't know. Well, And, you know, Eddie Murphy also, it was like, hey, let's tighten this up and make this a scene where there's Right. A hundred lines of dialogue and all 100 of them are hilarious. Right. Tyler Perry is willing to let a scene go on for an hour with no jokes. Right. Well, that said, folks, if you've never seen a Tyler Perry movie, you should. You should. I'm glad I finally did, because at least you'll know what you're talking about. (laughs) And uh, I was fascinated by it and will watch another one. And it wasn't like I was sitting there making fun of it like a fucking hipster in the crowd. I had some genuine laughs, some moments of sheer boredom. Some moments of shock, uh, some moments where I was laughing at it. But to me, I had a better time than I generally would seeing a comedy in this day and age. I had a better time than fucking, you know, Sausage Party or things that are much better reviewed. I laughed. I, I All right, Pat, we get time. it. You thought it was decent, for Christ's sake. But sakes. it was interesting. Jesus God almighty. The uh, so, See, now, now what didn't happen on Cisco and Ebert was that Ebert would go, Jesus Christ, we get your opinion on a movie well yeah. it's a movie review show <laughs> i laughed twice i walked out yeah. there you go there's your synopsis all right i can't tell you how many movies i don't laugh at though i know but i didn't laugh at this one either you laughed twice <laughs> but but in you, a half hour there would be no in 45 minutes i laughed two times minutes. for a comedy that's terrible numbers You're counting the 10 minutes and of trailers trust me when i know and trust me when i tell you this there are other movies that would get lambasted on this podcast but they're not horror comedies so that's the only reason we're talking about this one sure you know uh anyway folks pat kind of enjoyed it uh i did not go see it probably inebriated yeah yeah, not a recommendation but i mean when this comes to netflix and and you're a little drunk sit down with an open mind and and give it a shot because this guy is clearly doing something that kind of can't be denied a man's a phenomenon, and, and I think it's worth studying. I would take a class on Tyler Perry oh, just to try gosh. to figure out what's going on there. Well, you tell me when you sign up for that. I'll float the tuition. All right, thanks. Yeah, no problem. You got any plugs? And I'll stay till the end of those classes, bro. You got any plugs besides Tyler Perry's films? Uh, I don't. I'm going to St. Louis around Christmas, and I'm going to be doing some stand-up while I'm there, but I don't know where yet. That That's a ways off. Oh, that always helps with a plug. 
<laughs> yes, man. No hard date, no location. If yeah. you're in St. Louis, maybe follow me around. I'll be driving my mom's Mazda Protégé. <laughs> and at some with, point... With his protege, yeah, actually, At some too. point when I get out of the car, I'll be doing stand-up. Uh, what, what, this comes out Halloween. Uh, I'll, I'll be uh, at the uh, comedy, New York Comedy Festival. November 3rd, headlining Gotham Comedy Club. November 5th, Can I Kick It is happening in Brooklyn. November 9th. Uh, actually, there's two other things that I can't talk about yet. Uh, so those two things. So go see those. Uh, details are on my website. Uh, and you're doing this podcast live in Ireland, are you? Well, this will be out after that. All right. Yeah. So there you go. See, I know what I'm doing with the plug. All right. Pat, it was great to see you, buddy. Great to see you.